in July of 2009, in Shanghai, China, the unthinkable happened. A newly built block of apartments toppled over, falling on its side. I have a picture of it here. Look at this picture. There's one picture of it. Uh, Let's look at the next photo. Look at that. Something, isn't it? Thankfully, this building was unoccupied at the time. Only one person was, was killed, a construction worker, but it was built to house 300. You know, one of the main reasons this building collapsed? A poor foundation. Poor foundation. While it was difficult for them to see it at the time, the poor state of the foundation before this disaster, hindsight is 2020, right? We see it from the the effects. That is true for this massive building. That is also true of us spiritually. God is, is clear in His Word that we are building a house in the way in which we, we live our lives. And our house is either being built on a strong foundation or a weak foundation. And while it is impossible to look inside and see the inner man and see the condition of one's spiritual foundation, we can certainly determine the condition of one's foundation by examining the effects, by looking at the way in which they are living their lives. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. We're continuing our study through Luke. Today we are finishing Luke 6 and Jesus' great sermon on the mount. We have been looking at this for several weeks now. And in this last section of this sermon, Jesus addresses the importance of one's foundation. Just like the the condition of a structure's foundation determines the quality of that structure, Jesus makes it clear that the condition of a person's spiritual foundation determines the quality of one's life. The structure may look impressive, but if the foundation is poor, the end will be disastrous. Same is true for us spiritually. So the question we now need to ask is, how can we examine our foundation? How do we do this? We just said a moment ago, it's impossible to see the heart, to see within the inner man. And it's it's difficult for us to even know the condition of our own hearts because our hearts deceive us. God tells us that in Scripture. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So if we, we cannot see into our inner man and examine our spiritual foundation... How can we know its condition? Well, Jesus shows us here. We do it by examining the way in which we are living. To know the condition of the root, we must look at the condition of our fruit. Let me say that again. To know the condition of the root, we must look at the condition of our fruit fruits. 
In verses 39 through 49 of Luke 6, Jesus, with three parables, gives us several ways we can examine the condition of our spiritual foundation. Point number one, first he shows us the people we follow and the ones we refuse to follow reveal the condition of our foundation. Look at verses 39 and 40. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. The point of the parable is simply this. Be careful who you follow. People become like their teachers. At times, coaches become like coaches who coach them. Teachers like teachers who inspire them. Preachers have preachers who influence them. You can tell a lot about a person by who they follow. If someone tells me I listen to this preacher or that preacher, I love reading this author or that author, that tells me a whole lot right there. Someone says, I follow Jesus and they're following after followers of Jesus. That tells me a whole lot about who they desire to be and who they're striving to be and the work that's taking place in their heart in life. That tells me something about their spiritual foundation. If you're following someone who claims to represent Christ but their message is heretical, that tells me something significant about you and where you're headed. Jesus says, a disciple is not above his teacher, meaning you're not going to faithfully follow someone you believe to be under you or or even opposed to you in in what they believe. You're, You're not going to sit under someone you don't believe has the answer. So if you are sitting under someone who is blind to the truth, you probably are as well. And if you continue down that path, you're both going to end up in a ditch spiritually. Jesus says that. A pit. Even worse than a ditch. That's the problem with the religious leaders in Jesus' day. They claimed to be God's representatives, but their message was a false one. They believed that that salvation is earned through outward religious practice and empty religious ritual. They were blind and led many others who were blind away from the truth. That's why Jesus called them blind guides in Matthew chapter 15, verse 14. Jesus says here in Luke 6, Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit. Who do you follow? Who are you reading? Who are you listening to? Who are you striving to be like? Who are you influencing? Who are you leading? Where are you leading them? Are you leading them to Jesus? Are you leading them to faithful followers of Jesus. That's our desire here. That's why we have a bookstore in there with books that I've read, every one of those, and I trust those guys and those books to be biblically based, based in truth. And my aim is, in addition to you being in your Bible and studying, is to put those books in your hands and for you to take those into your home and and read them and teach your children those truths. 
Who are you following? Who you follow will determine how you follow. Who you listen to will determine what you hear. And what you hear will determine what you know. And what you know will determine what you believe, which influences what you say and do. That's how it works. That's why studying theology is so important. Because the way we think influences what we say and do. It's very, very important. Those with a solid spiritual foundation follow those with a solid spiritual foundation. Those who were right with God, they follow the one whom He sent. And those who point to the one whom He sent, His only Son, Jesus Christ. Next point. How we deal with personal sin and the sin of others reveal the condition of our foundation. Look at verses 41 and 42. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Now count how many times he says log here. That's one. Verse 42. How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye and then you will clearly see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. The emphasis here is obviously on the log that is in our own eye, right? This parable is about taking sin seriously, dealing with personal sin as a priority before you deal with the sins of others in a gentle and loving and humble, careful way. First, has to do with taking sin, personal sin, seriously and dealing with it as a priority. Those with a solid spiritual foundation are disgusted by the sin in their life and world and understand the danger of that sin that's not been dealt with. While the issue of personal sin, sin of others, it's not a fun topic to address, it cannot be avoided. It cannot be ignored. It cannot be swept under the rug. It must be dealt with. Those with a good spiritual foundation, they see personal sin clearly and they deal with it swiftly as a priority. Those who do not might clearly see the fault in others, but they're blinded to their own sin. That was the issue of many of the religious leaders in Jesus' day. They clearly saw how everyone else failed to measure up, but they failed to see the heinousness of their own self-righteousness and hypocrisy. Believers, we must not be this way. That must not be true of us. How do we avoid being this way? We said last week we need God's help by God's grace. We need to begin our day on our knees in desperate need of Him. We need to see Him work in our life. We need to trust that His Spirit will do that work in us. We need to believe that He will in faith. And we need to work out what He is working in us by spending time with the Lord in His Word. The more you grow in your knowledge of God through His Word, the more the Spirit of God will show you where you fail to measure up. And will lead you to repentance and deeper trust in Him 
confer right standing with Him. The more you study His Word, the more the Spirit of God will show you your sin and your need to grow in godliness and lead you to pursue godliness. That's how it works. That's the Christian life. Jesus tells His disciples that is where we are to begin. We're to begin with personal sin. We're to begin with our own stuff. Do not dare look across the aisle before you look at yourself. Don't be a hypocrite. Deal with your stuff first. Those with a solid spiritual foundation begin there. And get this, just a practical note, to more effectively correct a brother or sister in Christ, we must begin with ourselves so that we can then go to them in a gentle and humble and loving way. Those with a solid spiritual foundation, they take sin seriously. They deal with personal sin as a priority, but they also deal with sin in others lovingly and and carefully in gentleness and humility. Notice Jesus does several times here, calls for believers to remove the speck from each other's eyes. He says that in verse 42. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will clearly see to take the speck that is in your brother's eye. So again, like we said last week, those who use Jesus' words where He says, judge not to mean that we are never to correct brothers and sisters in Christ, they haven't read the rest of the sermon. Right? He wants there to be accountability. He wants us, after dealing with our own stuff, to then deal with the stuff of others carefully, in in love, in humility. He wants us to be concerned with one another's spiritual state. Those with a solid spiritual foundation are, they, they speak the truth in love in hopes of a change. They want to see restoration happen. And while it can be a delicate process to remove the speck from another's eye, it's a procedure that must be done. Now, I've seen some go about it the complete Wrong way. I've seen some go in blind, meaning they haven't dealt with the log in their own eye, trying to move the speck from their brother's eye with a knife. Probably seen that happen, haven't you? Doesn't go well. Never does. People don't respond well to harsh and heartless rebukes from hypocrites. Doesn't have a good track record. Now some are going to be offended whether you try to remove that speck with the knife or whether you use solution delicately. And those in those situations, they're revealing something about themselves, about their spiritual state. But in those moments, we must still be faithful to correct those who were wayward. Listen, it's the moral thing to do. Do you know that? Morality requires that we help each other when we are struggling. It is immoral to see a brother or sister in Christ in sin and ignore it. Now, we often view that as loving. Oh, I'm not going to judge them because we really don't want to deal with it, right? That's the truth of the matter. So we pass that off as being loving, but God's Word says that's immoral. Paul says in Galatians 6.1, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. So while it's hypocritical to not attend to our sin first, it's immoral to not help a brother or sister who is struggling in sin. 
Who in your life needs correction, instruction? Pray for opportunities. Deal with your sin first, but then pray for opportunities to go to them in love. Approaching them carefully, in gentleness, and in humility for the purpose of seeing them turn from their sin, see a change take place, and see them restored. Have you considered the fact that it's immoral to do anything else? Great illustration of this, if you've ever taken a flight on a commercial airline before you take off the flight attendant, we'll, we'll go through some of the instructions on, on what to do in case there's an emergency on the flight. And I'll tell you, when the oxygen mask comes down, what do you do first? You put it on yourself, right? You don't do that because you're selfish. You do that because that enables you to help the person next to you. Same is true when, when dealing with sin in our lives and in the lives of others. So the people we follow... Those we refuse to follow reveal the condition of our foundation. Number two, how we deal with personal sin, the sin of others, reveal the condition of our foundation. Number three, the words of our mouths and the actions of our hands and feet reveal the condition of our foundation. Look at verses 43 through 45 and see how practical our Lord's words are. For no good tree bears bad fruit. Nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Have you ever spoken critically of someone to someone else, which you shouldn't do, which is gossip, right? But, but have you ever done that? And, and someone will say, well, who are you to judge? You don't know their heart. Their heart could be in the right place, even though their actions are not. Jesus here gives us a very good indication of how we are to judge the spiritual state of someone and where one's heart is. How can we tell? By examining the fruit of what they say and do. He says here, if the heart is in the right place, then what one says and does will be as well. Our outward actions reveal our inward condition. He says, for no tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit, for each tree is known by its own fruit. Simply put, the condition of the fruit in one's life reveals the condition of the root of one's heart. The fruit we produce comes from our hearts. Let me give you a visual illustration. I don't normally do this. I got this from Paul Tripp, one of my favorite authors and teachers. Now watch this, okay? Keep an eye on the bottle here, watch. See that? Here, I'll do it for this end so you can, so you can see. Watch closely. I'm running out of water. There we go. Give it a good shake. Okay. Why did water come out of the bottle? Now, immediately, you're going you're gonna to think. I'm going to cut you off. Immediately, you're going to think, some of you, because you shook the bottle, right? And, and that's the way some of us think about our actions. We blame what's outside of us instead of what's inside of us. But let me rephrase the question. Why did water come out of the bottle? Because water was in the bottle. 
What is in you will come out of you. Have you ever said something and said, ooh, I didn't mean to say that? Biblically, what you should say is, forgive me for saying what I meant. Jesus says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Meaning that whatever is in your heart is going to come out of your sweet lips. Somebody may sin against you. They may be the occasion for that to come out. But what comes out of you is what is in you. We can tell a lot about a person by what he or she says. Now let me say this as well. Because Jesus says this here. People can also make statements about themselves. They can make true professions of faith that does not accurately reveal what's going on in their heart. So they can say the right things, but again, we got to look at the actions of the hands and feet. That's what Jesus is getting at. Look at verse 46. Look at it. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? You know what Jesus is saying here? He's saying a profession of faith won't cut it. I've been to certain churches where before you join, they ask you, have you made a profession of faith? Listen, we can profess a lot of things. Anyone can say, Lord, Lord, it's not just about making a profession of faith. Watch this. It's about having a possession of faith. Yes, we need to repent and profess belief in Christ, but that profession must stem from an inward transformation. It's not just what we say that must change. Our hearts must be changed. And if our hearts change, so does what we say and do. Jesus said this again and again. Matthew 7, 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's John 14, 15. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. John 14, 21. If you keep my commandments, you abide in my love. John 15, 10. Again and again and again, Jesus says this. How many times does he have to say it before we'll hear it? Good works don't save us, but they flow from a life that has been saved and changed. Paul said in Ephesians 2, we're not saved by works, but we're saved to do good works. It's not the root of our salvation, but the fruit from salvation. And our fruits reveal our roots. The condition of our foundation is clearly seen by what we say and do in the words of our mouths and in the actions of our hands and feet. Here comes the application. Get ready for it. What do the words of your mouths and the actions of your hands and feet reveal about you? I don't think I need to add Anything else to that, do I? What do the words of your mouths and the actions of your hands and feet reveal about you? You'll have your answer. And what you do with that will make all the difference in the world in your life spiritually. Last point. 
Whether we stand or fall in the storms of this life and in the final judgment, reveal the condition of our spiritual foundation. Look at verses 47 through 49. It ends with a very familiar parable. He says in verse 47, Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. In other words, you will see the condition of one's spiritual foundation through what he does when he hears the word of God. What are you going to do with the word of God today? That will reveal where you are or are not spiritually. Verse 48. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who has built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. This world in which we live has been ruined and wrecked by sin. You have to be completely blind not to see it. We were reminded of it this week with the events in Odessa, with the hurricanes approaching Florida. We know this world is broken. We know deep down things are not as they should be in this world and with us. We all long for better days. We all want to be a better version of ourselves, not just believers, all of us. We all at one time or another to one degree or another, we, we have to face difficult trials. And the way in which one responds to the trials in this fallen world is telling. Jesus says here, the ones who come to me, hear me, trust in me, follow me, they stand strong in the trials of this life. Now, believers, that does not mean we are not wounded by these trials. That does not mean we do not get hurt. That does not mean that it's easy. It's anything but. It's hard. But for those of you who have been through those trials, you're still here, right? God's people at times have lost everything that is precious to them. Yet they remain standing. They keep trusting. They keep believing. They keep following. They remain. They stand wounded, but they stand. Just like houses with strong foundations, they can be severely damaged when the storms come, but they remain standing. This is true of those with a strong spiritual foundation. They stand in this life and get this, in the one to come when Christ returns in judgment. That's Matthew's emphasis when he's telling this parable in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. Listen to this. Matthew records Jesus telling this parable. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Poor spiritual foundation. They will not stand when Christ returns in judgment. 
The ones who, who hear these words do not listen, do not trust, do not follow. They do not stand strong. When the storms of this life hit and they will eventually in the last days break and fall and be brought to ruin in judgment. Not my words, our Lord's words. Maybe you're here this morning. You can honestly say you're not trusting in Christ. You're not believing on His Word. You're not following Him. Maybe you have been following blind guides up to this point who have led you away from the truth. Maybe you've been following your own path, going at life on your own, apart from and opposed to God. Maybe you're here and, and if you're being honest, you've not dealt with the sin in your own life. You may look at others critically, but you're blind to your own sin. You don't see yourself as being that bad because you've never truly seen God for who He is and yourself in comparison to Him. Maybe you're here this morning you can honestly say, even though you're here week in and week out, that the words of your mouths and the actions of your hands and feet do not remotely resemble a Christ follower. Maybe you come here and you put on a good face for God's people, but you leave this place and your life is no different from that of the world. And the reason why is because while you made a profession of faith, you do not have a possession of faith. You've not been changed from the inside out. Maybe you're here and you've been crushed by the storms of this life and you feel helpless and hopeless because Christ is not your foundation. If any of these apply to you, I have a very difficult but necessary truth to share with you today. It does not get better for you going forward without Jesus. It just gets worse. Now that is hard to hear, but that is a truth I believe with my whole being. Yeah, your circumstances may improve a bit, but God tells us there is judgment that is coming for those who have rejected His Son it's coming soon, sooner than ever before. Christ is returning someday soon, and that someday might be today. And those in that day who are not looking to Him and trusting in Him alone for salvation will be crushed by Him in judgment. They will be broken. They will fall. They will be brought to ruin. Again, not my words, God's words. I don't write the messages. I just deliver the mail. That's what it says. But here's the good news. We, we wouldn't be here today if there weren't good news to this message. God sent His Son to live the perfect life for us and lay that perfect life down and take it up again in order to rescue us from this sinful state and give us life abundantly for all eternity, restoring us to a right relationship with the living God. Christ came for this reason. He came, the God, the Son. He took on flesh. He, he allowed Himself to be broken in our place. He was crushed by God for us as we sing on occasion so that we might not be crushed. 
And all that is required of you for you to be rescued is for you to see your sinfulness and need of salvation. All that is required for your rescue is for you to forsake your sin, look to Jesus, trust in Him alone for salvation. Believe on Him, trust in Him, give your life to Him, make Him Lord of your life, and you will be saved today. Have you repented of your sin? Have you forsaken that sin? Are you looking to Jesus? Are you trusting in him alone for salvation? I pray you would today. Let's pray together.